0: Hi, I'm Matt Dillahunty, and you're listening to There Is No Godcast with Noah Bush.
1: There
2: Is No Godcast, the official podcast of Northern Indiana Atheists.
3: And now, here's your host, Noah Bush. What's up all you non-believers and welcome back to There Is No Godcast, the official podcast of Northern Indiana Atheists. I'm your host, Noah Bush. Um, Yeah, today's show is going to be another good one. I say they're all going to be good, but I guess, I I don't know, I guess that's kind of implied because if I didn't think it was good... I probably wouldn't publish it, but here we are. You're listening to me right now, so th- so there you go. Proof positive that this is going to be a good show, at least in one person's opinion, and that person is me. Today on the show, we've got um, a, tr- a triple triple play for you guys. We've got three more interviews, and, I, and look, like, hey, l- let me take a time out. Let me get meta on you guys for a second. I do want to say that for anyone listening these last few shows who's really not into just like this you know the straight up like interview 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 style um, who maybe prefers a bit more of like the conversational topical narrative, just kind of you know more more discussion oriented shows where um, you know we kind of just dig into a topic that's that's coming. That'll be back shortly. Next next episode, we're going to get right back into it. You know, where I just love having guests, where we, you know, hopefully have some kind of topic to discuss. Um, where it's not so much like a, an atheist oriented sixty minutes type of interview, but um, you know, I, I want to take these opportunities where I have them. the The national convention was a treasure trove, a gold mine, if you will of opportunities to speak with some of these people who represent these various organizations around the country that are doing great work comparable to, you know, what Northern Indiana Atheists is intended to be doing in our localized area but but as I've said this show was never intended to exclusively serve the interests of Northern Indiana, you know, the Michigan area or Northern Indiana Atheists specifically. Th- this show is intended to serve atheism, you know, to serve the general worldwide topic um, you know of atheism normalizing atheism supporting non-belief um, you know supporting the cultural viewpoints that that I think are still very present today in, in terms of people who have negative uh, impressions of non-believers and just kind of wanting to combat that but anyway, my point remains the the National Convention was just such a great opportunity for me to speak with all these people uh, and I had a blast talking with I mean, I had a ton of conversations that I wasn't recording. you know, I was going around doing my thing, socializing, shaking hands um, you know spreading the word about NIA because in the big picture we are still a, a reasonably young, organization. I mean you've got American atheists. It's a perfect example. They've been around for you know decades upon decades. Um, and that's why they are the you know the national presence that they are. And and we've you know, we don't intend it to ever be that. That that's what American atheists is for. Uh, But we are kind of doing our own small thing in our own small way to serve our our local community. Um, But this show is intended to be for everyone. And that's so, you know, some of these organizations are from far and wide. Uh, You know, some of these organizations are giving us ideas here in northern Indiana and at NIA in terms of things that we could be doing. You know, I mean, you know, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. And I think it was when I was having my discussion with Phil Session that he was talking about a few of their different service projects where I was like, man, that's that's a great idea. We should totally steal that. Um, And he was all about it, as he rightly should be. Like, you know, hey, let's do more good, more places. And that's, you know, that's a big component of the show. It's a big objective of this show is to perpetuate goodness for goodness sake. Um, You know, we want to be... And we don't want to be exclusive. We don't want to say that if you're a believer that we wouldn't want to join hands and, and all fight those good fights together. And I think that that's some stuff that we talk about even in um, one or maybe even more of today's interviews. So on that note, we the, the interviews we've got today, I've got three of them for you guys. It's going to be a, a triple play. So I'm, I'm not sure exactly what order I should do them, and let's just figure it out right now, because I'm, I'm recording this, so I probably should make that decision. Um, so, okay, we've got three interviews for you guys today. Uh, first up, we're going to have Mandisa Thomas from Black Nonbelievers. She is... Uh, I can't tell you how classy and how well-spoken and intelligent this lady is to sit and have a conversation with. Um, she's clearly uh, on the ball, and the work that they are doing at Black Nonbelievers, it'll speak for itself. I, I won't get too far into the, the subject matter of the interview because I will let Miss Thomas speak for herself on that front. Um, but Black Nonbelievers is the organization that sh- she was primarily representing in terms of our conversation. She's involved, I think, with some other organizations as well. Um, but then next up, we have an interview with uh, a camper from Camp Quest, uh, at any of you who are listening who follow us on Twitter, you may or may not have noticed that we follow um, an organization called Camp Quest. Um, and Camp Quest is—it's a—it's basically a secular uh, summer camp for kids, for you know, for kids who are brought up in non-believing households, atheist households, uh, you know, things like that. It, oh my! I can't tell you guys—I've been aware of what Camp Quest is for longer than I've been doing this show. Um, my wife and I stumbled upon it sort of accidentally. I, I can't remember how exactly, but I think that it was a. Uh, it doesn't matter. So when I saw that Camp Quest was being represented at this convention, I was like, "Oh my God, I have to talk to someone from Camp Quest." Um, I went over, I introduced myself, like very proactively. You know, like they were kind of like right there um, in my my laser beam focus to to make sure I talked to someone about Camp Quest. Um, I have absolutely every intention of sending my own kids there when they're of age. Um, they have locations all across the country, and uh, anyway. I had some conversations with their, I believe her title is National Director, which was like, oh my gosh, you're like, you know, the big cheese from Camp Quest, uh, which is an organization I hold in extremely high regard. And she was just a wonderful lady, very pleasant to to chat with. Um, We even had some conversations about the idea of uh, there not being a Camp Quest in Indiana and how that's something that they are, you know, very proactively seeking at this point, um, and we had some conversations about potentially even uh, my wife and I getting involved in that, uh, and that still remains to be seen. but yeah, we had some great talks and we had talked about um, interviewing her for the show and obviously she was very busy uh, throughout this convention. and um, when we when we finally got to the point where it looked like there might be some time, she actually had with her um, a camper, uh, someone who had been who had attended the camp, who was you know very passionate about supporting the camp. Um and I think she's she's like a high schooler now and I think she's she's still involved with the you know with the program but she was at the convention basically like you know volunteering to um, promote the camp and kind of you know share her own personal experiences with the camp um, as you know an, an alumni, I guess you could say. And when we started when we started chatting, um, Kim, who was the the national director, was like, you know, she actually is uh, working on like a podcast as well, like, and she was hoping to maybe interview you. And I was like, oh my gosh, that'd be fantastic. I was like, do you want to just do it with with her and I? Her name was Abigail, um, and she was phenomenal I can't even tell you're gonna hear it in a minute obviously but we kind of decided to just go and sit um, and she had her recording device and I had mine and we were like let's just do it like a dual interview you know we'll just kind of have a conversation with one another and then we can both use the segment for our own respective shows um, and I don't, I'm not sure I reached out just prior to recording this to try and figure out cuz she she told us her name but I her name was Abigail and I don't know if I if she would I I, I imagine she would be comfortable with us using her last name since she gave me her last name in the interview but I I, I looked around I couldn't find her um, on Twitter I was I was hoping to find her so I could make sure and shout her out when I published the interview hopefully by the time this interview goes live I will have heard back uh, But she was an absolute delight you guys like this these are the type of people who I think are going to be um, it sounds so cheesy and cliche to say, but these are like our leaders of tomorrow. I mean, certainly within the atheist community, um, young ladies like like Abigail are the type of people who are going to be at the forefront of this fight uh, for decades to come. She's just so. Um, well, you'll you'll hear. She's just she's very self assured. She was raised in a non belief household, uh, which is fantastic to you know to really start seeing the fruits of those um, efforts by parents. You know, raising children in an environment where religion doesn't have to be a part of of being a well adjusted, well raised uh, young man or woman. And she's just a perfect example. So I was I was so happy to get to speak with Abigail, and you guys will get to hear that in just a second. And then lastly. Um, I spoke with Jen Scott, who is a board member of American Atheist. so that was pretty sweet to get a, a few minutes of her time. I believe she is the treasurer. and then she is also um, very, very prominently involved with the community of Reason, which is a, a newer organization um, that are I, I think it's I think they're in the Kentucky area if I'm not mistaken, but, um, like I said, you'll you'll hear the interview, and I, I don't have every bit of what all three of us talked about committed to memory. Uh, but she talks a lot about what community of reason is and the type of work that they are doing um, and how to get involved and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's that's it. Uh, that's what we've got for you guys today. And I enjoyed all three of these interviews. If any of you are listening, thank you so much again for your time and for you know uh, being willing to share your insights on your respective organizations, so uh, yeah, so take a listen. I don't know if I'll pop back in and do a little bit of jibber-jabbering in between each segment, um, or if I'll just fire them all off in rapid succession. I I don't know. Uh, I'm just so lazy, and editing is such a pain in the butt, but we'll, we'll see. Maybe if, if I'm feeling motivated, maybe I'll pop back in and, and say what's up after each one, and I, and I got to tell you, since the convention, uh, certainly since the, the first episode aired with Matt Dillahunty, we've gotten a lot more Um, interest on Twitter. I've gotten several emails. I've gotten several messages through the Facebook page from people. And frankly, I'm just, I'm kind of in hog heaven right now, guys. I've made comments before um, jokingly, but also sort of self-deprecatingly that like, oh gosh, I, I, you know, I feel like this show is just my friends and Facebook friends and family, you know, listening to this show. And um, not that that would be a bad thing anyway, but You know, I always felt like, why? You know, I I don't want this show to just be people who know me who are listening as a favor. You know, it would be nice if we had people start finding the show who reacted, uh, you know, positively to the show, who had no dog in the race. You know, who Noah Bush isn't anybody to them that they'll be listening to the show and judging it based solely on its own merits. Um, But in any event. So yeah, the last few weeks have been really great for us. I've gotten emails from people from Kentucky. I've gotten emails uh, or messages from people from Ohio, uh, from Colorado. It's it's really the show is starting to really pick up some steam, and I, I could not be more thrilled about that. Um, We've had uh, several people contact me and offer to come on the show to share their stories, Uh, some really interesting stories that I I absolutely have every intention of taking those offers up, but uh, it's a good problem to have, to have more people wanting to come on and and share their stories uh, than I have time to record them, so that's, that's good news for me. Uh, everybody who has been sending me those messages, thank you so much. And I try to get back to everybody as quickly as I can. And I don't mean to, it's not a humble brag. It's not to say that I have so many people messaging me. Um, it's it's a very manageable number. <laughs> Let's be realistic. Uh, but it's just, you know, hey, I've got a full-time job. I've got kids. I've, you know, I, I've got a lot of stuff going on on top of doing this show. Um, so it's a good problem to have. And everyone who's reached out, um, please continue to do so. Um, we love you. This is why, this is why we are doing this show. I also want to say just for the record, um, that my beautiful wife, Molly, we've been having conversations over the last couple weeks that she's, she's actually had some ideas, um, about recording, uh, episodes of her own, you know, topics that she would like to dive into segments that she would like to explore doing on her own. And I was like, Oh my God, like, please like twist my arm. Like, yeah, it's, you know, frankly, I love doing this show, but it is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Um, especially for one person to kind of just have to do all by my little lonesome uh, most of the time, in terms of you know driving the content and doing all of the post production editing and blah 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 blah. So um, yeah, she's toyed around with the idea of doing an episode on her own, and she she approached it from the perspective of like not being sure whether or not I would be you know like like down with that like whether i'd be okay with it and i was like i was like no d- d- hell no i was like please record whatever you want i was like you can record whatever you want and believe me it is going on the show um, because that would just be a tremendous Help to me and, you know, kind of relieving that burden of doing it all on my own. I've, I've thought about talking to some of the other NIA members about, you know, if they have any interest in producing their own content. So I guess let me just put that out there for everybody. Screw it while, while we're at it. If you have any interest in preparing any kind of material for the show, if you want to record something or if you have, uh, you know, any type of interest in recording something for the show that you'd like to submit, I mean, definitely feel free to talk to me about it first. You know, I, it's a little bit easier because, you know, my. <laughs> My wife of ten years is someone who I can trust a little more implicitly to, to use her judgment to, you know, kind of just say, "Hey, record whatever you want, and we'll put it on the show." I don't know that I could probably make that general of an offer to the public at large. So, yeah, definitely though, if you're interested in producing something for the show, um, it would really help. It would really help me out. I'd love that. And just let me know what it is you're thinking of doing, if you want any kind of um, idea as to whether or not that's something that, you know, we would be interested in having on the show. I can almost guarantee you the answer is going to be yes, but, you know, I'd probably want to have conversations with people about the fact that, you know, we try to keep the language PG-13 and... All of that stuff, and uh, but I would love that. If anyone out there is listening and is thinking like, "Hey, I'd love to participate in producing some content for a podcast," but I really don't have the time or the inclination to create a whole show on my own from scratch, hey, hitch your hitch your wagon to there is no Godcast. Uh, this is this is going to be a group effort. I would love for this to be not just me sitting here talking every week. Um, even above and beyond the fact that we have guests, you know, basically every episode. Uh, yeah, if if we want to start taking more of an atheist sixty minutes approach, you know, where we have different contributors. Um, producing their own content. All you really need is a, you know, a smartphone and a dream. Um, You know, I've invested actually, you know, I think a reasonable amount of money in my equipment to try and make it sound um, as fakely professional as possible. But it doesn't all have to be that way. Uh, Dude, like if you have something where you can record and we can hear your voice and understand the words that you're saying, then frankly, it's freaking good enough for me. Uh, So if you've got a phone with a recorder and you've got an idea uh, or a topic that you'd like discussed, reach out to me if you'd like to consider discussing it with me on the show, um, or just go out and record something on your own. If if you have a friend or family member or someone who you think would, would want to tell a story, you know, be the interviewer. You can be a correspondent on There Is No Godcast. We'd love to have you. So with that, let me shut up for a second, and we will get to the first interview of the day um, with Mandisa Thomas from Black Nonbelievers. So without further ado, let's cut over to that. So welcome back to the show guys Um, We're we're still here at the American Atheist National Convention and I am joined by Mandisa, am I saying that right? Um, So for those of you uh, listening tell us who you are, tell us about what you do
0: Hi, yes, so my name is Mandisa Thomas I am the founder and president of Black Nonbelievers Incorporated, which is based in Atlanta, Georgia I also serve on the board for American Atheists and I've served on um, boards of other national organizations and so Black Nonbelievers Believers as an organization works to increase the visibility and build community for blacks who are atheists um, and challenging religion in favor of leaving, as well as we work on diversity inclusion efforts within the secular community.
3: Sure, and explain to us why is that so important, particularly within the the, the community of of black people where, where the intersection of atheism is concerned.
0: Yes, so uh, blacks make up about 12% of the United States population, yet 79% of the community identifies as religious. And this is true for a number of reasons, especially historically due to slavery in the United States, the slave trade and the enslavement of African Americans, as well as the church being a source of support when um, in face of institutionalized racism and injustice that, that has been committed against the black community. And so there is so much identity tied into religion in the church that it makes it that more, that, that much more difficult for, for the black community to understand that there's always been a presence of skepticism, humanism, and atheism within our community. But then there's just, there are so few of us compared to the number of black folks that are religious. So it makes it that much harder to find each other as well as, um, as well as have that sense of community and support. Sure. So, um, and also, it becomes a whole, because there's so much tied into the community identity, and you see this within many of your black, within black leadership and black entertainment, that it becomes a hard conversation to have. Sure. Especially when you're atheist. You're seen as giving up your blackness. There's so many things tied into what it means to be an atheist and then being black.
3: Sure. Yeah, cuz I I kind of have to imagine and obviously I recognize my ignorance and my privilege in these ways, which is why it's so important for you and I to have these conversations. Yes. You know, because the black community is already so disenfranchised at a societal level, and then I can I can't even imagine what it would be like within an already disenfranchised community to alienate yourselves even further, even from your own peers. That's got to be an incredibly difficult thing to do. It is, and now I mean there are
0: more millennials in particular who are questioning the religion and the tradition and leaving it behind now they may still identify as religious however there is a misunderstanding as to what atheism is and what the concept is Who represents it? What it looks like, and part of this is due to the overall secular community's perception, and also who we hold as our spokespersons, which is usually which is usually white and male, right? And so, and there's also an an educated privilege, you know, education privilege that comes along with uh, the with being atheists and uh, who supports that, right? And so, the the dynamic of that is definitely not lost on people of color and so that's something that needs to be taken into consideration there's been disenfranchisement you know as far as you know historically and institutionally and that needs to be understood because we often get a lot of people who who will ask well why is it uh, why is it that uh, most black people will worship the you know will worship the god of the of the you know that that helped enslave us but There's also still a lot of white people who believe as well. So, but understanding those institutional factors and yes, putting that on, you know, it is definitely, it makes it that much, much more of a challenge for, and and as atheists, we have our challenges in general, but yes, understanding why this would be a challenge, especially for someone who is black is definitely important in the fact that we are, building up our support networks and bringing us out into the forefront is, is is crucial.
3: Sure, and I and I can only imagine how important it must be if, if you know, like I said, I can never put myself in a position to understand what it's like to, to grow up black because I'm, I'm, I mean I was raised in all kinds of privileges. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm white, I was born straight, I was born middle class, two parent household. I caught all the breaks and I, I try to be cognizant of that, right you know, and I try to ask the right questions to learn because that's really all I can do at this point. Um, I come from a community right now, I'm in South Bend area. Mm -hmm. Um, You mentioned uh, it's, what, 12, 12 12.5% nationally, uh, black population. Mm -hmm. South Bend is 26%. Yeah. Right. So, like, it's it's a very heavily um, populated area. There's yeah. a black community. But in my local area, my atheist groups, there are almost no black participants. Right. Right. So, I can't imagine how important it must be for those people who are questioning to think, well, uh, black non believers, you know, and you, you guys are all across the country, right? Yes,
0: we are. We started in Atlanta, and now we have 14 groups nationwide, and we have more interest. There's interest in growing and, and expanding to new cities. And so, yes, and unfortunately, most of, even if there is a, um, a decent, decently proportioned black population most of them will be religious right you know there's just no getting around that and so really that's why it's important at least for us to establish some uh you know some presence and i mean the secular community in general right you know to um to say hey this is who and if you need additional resources then here is an organization that you that you can find and so we can work together on some things but yes
3: absolutely and certainly i mean like everyone is welcome within all of the groups that I have. Absolutely. But, but I, it's, it's easier for me to say, well, yeah, come on over. But, I, you know, if I were in a situation where I'm like, well, I'd kind of feel more comfortable contacting a, a group yes. of people who I identify with, yes. who have experienced some of the struggles that I had experienced. Or, right. So that's so, the work you guys are doing is so important because you are representing an underserved portion of an underserved portion yes. of our society. <laughs> yes. Um, on one of our previous episodes, I had a, a good friend of mine named Doug on the show, um, and he is white. He's uh, openly gay. And we talked about these violent diversities, right? Yes. Where like I you know, you can choose to tell people whether or not you're an atheist. You can choose to tell people whether or not you're gay. You can't choose to tell people whether or not you're black, right? Correct. It's 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 an identity that you have whether you're whether you can you know, whether mm-hmm. like you're in an area who's, who is comfortable right. with it or not. absolutely. Um, and so then to choose to be a second minority on top of a first minority has just <laughs> got to be such a difficult thing.
0: It is. Um, it can be especially a challenge in dealing with the black community, in dealing with the secular community, in dealing with aspects of leadership within the secular community as right. well, because there are a lot of... Um, there, are, there are a lot of... Um, subliminal things that people don't realize that they may be doing maybe some microaggressions or some things that some other aspects that they may not Realize or some of the things that they may not realize that they're doing when, in in with to marginalized groups or marginalized people, sure. and so there is an awareness there that that needs to continue to take place sure. in this community.
3: So, what would you say to the people in in South Bend? Because I'm assuming or I'm hoping anyway that more people start listening to this show. What would you say to to a young black man or woman who's in the South Bend area who's having these questions or doubts? How would you recommend they go about getting in touch with you, or what kind of services do you offer? Mm-hmm.
0: so they can definitely contact us at our website at blacknonbelievers.org I spoke with a couple of guys from South Bend by the way and they may be with this no, but, uh, here with me, yes. yeah. <laughs> and so they can definitely reach out to us and um, they can connect with us on Facebook we have a closed Facebook group that is open to everyone but we definitely um, support we we, um, we center our focus around the black atheists who need us sure. so they can uh, they can find us online if they're interested in starting a group in the area, they are more than welcome to speak with me and our organizers to find out how to do that. It's not that hard of a process, sure. but also I would recommend that they participate with the secular group in the area. Because even if there aren't as many black folks in there, still it's still good to have a support system. So to know that, and then also get involved with the local organization so that you can help improve upon what they're doing because they won't know sometimes unless you say something but really you may it may take a bit of outreach for sure. for them to go so i don't just put it on the group to do all of the outreach there 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 must be some uh, You know, level of participation for the people of color in the area, especially if they're questioning, because I do think that the group would have good intentions and and, and would be welcoming, so that would at least be a start.
3: Yeah, and it's got to start somewhere, right? And so if if anyone's out there listening to the show, and you're thinking, yeah, but I couldn't do that, yes, you could. You absolutely can. Yes, you could. So reach out. I will make sure um, that all of your organization's uh, info is in the show notes, so if you're listening to this, if you have those questions or doubts, and you're feeling like, you know, I just don't think I would have that support with Within my local community, you know the, the longest journey starts with a single step, um, and there are resources out there for you. I, I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, no problem. Do you have anything else you'd like to say? Well, yes, I
0: would like to tell everyone. Please, we are. Um black nonbelievers along with the black skeptics group and the women's leadership project is hosting a women of color beyond belief conference in Chicago it's the first ever conference of its kind where all of the presenters all of the organizers are and uh, organizers are people are women of color Wow and so we hope that everyone everyone will attend and support because this is this will be knowledge and information that you will seldom get at other conferences. It will be a concentrated, um, it will be a, a, a concentration of of women of color who are working in this movement that don't necessarily get the acknowledgement that they deserve especially in one space and it would be absolutely be good to um, and then that's what we also do as an organization, we're very event based and we try to make sure we bring as many people together as possible and we also have our third annual cruise convention called BNC Con in November, all of that information is available on our website so we urge you to please take a look and consider attending and Supporting, and we're also a five hundred one c three organization, so donations to us are tax deductible. We appreciate any work, any support of our work. Now
3: you said cruise, right? Yes. I mean, come <laughs> on, guys! Like, do you really need to have your arm twisted that hard to call a cruise? <laughs> right. Um, and she said Chicago. This event is in Chicago. The women of color beyond belief I mean, and is it, in
0: Chicago. Yes.
3: Guys, gals, if I mean, if you're in South Bend, like we're not talking about this is our backyard, okay? We're not talking about Vegas or California or New York, like. It's a big country, and Chicago is not very far. So if you're listening to this and you have any inclination at all, please mark it on your calendar. What, yes. What's the date again?
0: October 4th through the 6th in okay. Chicago of this year. So yes, women of color
3: beyond belief. That's wonderful. Well, Miss Thomas, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so
0: much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.
3: What did I tell you guys? She is fantastic. That is as classy a woman as I think you will ever meet uh, she has a. She's doing great work to serve uh, her community, both as an atheist and as a black woman. She is uh, she is really putting her money where her mouth is, and as you heard her describe, um, I'll make sure and put links to everything appropriate uh, to the the things she was discussing in the show notes. Uh, if you want to reach out, I, I think one of the biggest things is that if we have people listening to the show, particularly in the South Bend area, um, who have any interest in getting something like that started here in this area, I think that that would be fantastic. I obviously recognize, as you heard in the interview, you know, I am not the right person for something like that, but I recognize that there. could could be a need, um, you know. As you heard me point out, you know, I'm I'm a member of a lot of local groups. You know, NIA. There are some Facebook groups I'm a member of, uh, but you know, the, the Black community is very underrepresented in the atheist community. But you know, I have to feel like there are more out there than who are willing to say so. You know, because of the fact that they just don't have, um, well, a, a support network like Black nonbelievers. And if you're sitting out there in South Bend or Mishawaka or You know the the southwestern Michigan area, and you are thinking like, well, yeah, but I mean, like, I wouldn't want to start something like this because there is so few people who seem interested. Well, maybe that's the problem. Like, maybe there are so few people who seem interested because someone has not yet taken it upon themselves to start an organization like this, kind of a bat signal to say like, hey, you know, if you are questioning your beliefs, if you are an atheist, you know, kind of in the closet about it. Um, and you're a member of the black community and you don't feel like you have that support network reach out to black non-believers there are chapters all across the country um, and there can be a chapter here too you know and if you want to reach out to miss thomas to kind of get some direction on how you could start the process as she explained uh, in that segment it's not as hard as you might think you know and it if you ask the questions the worst that can happen is it winds up not working out if it turns out you know that it's not something that you think you want to do but if you ask the question at least you'll know know, um, and maybe you'd be surprised, you know, and I don't know. I think that'd be pretty awesome for us to have in this area, and uh, I would certainly support something like that as uh, as as best as I would be able, but as I said, I, I recognize that I'm just not, I'm not the person for that, that's, you know, me starting a group like that would kind of defeat the point, um, you know, but everyone is welcome in NIA, as Miss Thomas kind of mentioned, you know, it's not like any of our groups are not welcoming of everybody, but um, it's understood that there is a, a specific subset of these, um, this intersection between the black community and atheism. And it's a very underrepresented and very undersupported um, minority within a minority. And Miss Thomas is doing wonderful work um, nationally to support that demographic. And if you want to participate, reach out to her. If you want to drive some change in our local area, reach out to her. She could be an excellent, excellent resource for you guys. Okay, so... Moving on, we will have our second interview with uh, Abigail, one of my favorite young people that I've ever met. Um, She is wonderful. I've already talked her up quite a bit um, in the opening segment of the show, so I won't rehash a lot of that. Instead, I will just say, let's kick over to the interview, and you guys will hear for yourselves how impressive this young lady is. Take a listen. (laughs) (laughs) We'll figure it Uh, out. We're going to blur the lines. Who's interviewing who? We're not even really sure what's happening here. (laughs) But let's have a nice conversation. Um, So welcome back, guys. We're kind of doing like a simulcast right now. Um, Please tell us your name.
2: Uh, Hi, my name is Abigail Dunch. I am 14, and I go to the School of Creative Performing Arts downtown in
3: Cincinnati. Abigail, it's a pleasure to meet you. And for those listening to your interview, my name is Noah Bush. Um, I am the host of a show called There Is No Godcast, and we are here at the uh, American Atheist National Convention in Cincinnati.
2: Yeah, it's amazing here. Uh, it's so cool.
3: <laughs> I know it's it's been a lot. Have you been having a good time? Yeah,
2: I have. It's it's amazing to see so many like atheists anywhere. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> We're li- it's like herding stray cats, getting a bunch of atheists together. Yeah, so. I
2: mean, I mean, I was I was I was raised um, non-religious, and I always found it really weird as a kid. To be it's non-religious because everyone in my school was like Christian or Catholic. Sure. And uh, it's 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 just really cool to see so many people like me, like basically. Well,
3: <laughs> oh, you seem like a delightful young lady. Why wouldn't Thank anybody you. like you? Well, you no. <laughs> I guess because you're an atheist, right? And that's kind of a bummer, isn't it?
2: I mean, yeah. I mean. <laughs> It's got. It's definitely got. Once you get older, I mean, it's it's definitely better. But I've been I've been told to go to hell a couple times.
3: Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> because of that. See, and it makes me feel old. Cause I I don't. I'd like to think I'm not an old man. Um, but when I was, like, in high school, I identified as an atheist, and it was really not an easy thing to do no. back then. And it's kind of, frankly, refreshing to see that our young people are able oh, yeah. to be a lot more out and open. Oh, definitely. And Because, I mean, you seem so self-assured and confident and well-spoken. I know, I'm just sitting here, like, <laughs> praising you up. Um, tell me about Thank some you. of your favorite experiences at the conference so far.
2: Um, well, um, I got to see some of my favorite people again, some of the um, camp, um, camp counselors from Camp Quest. I haven't seen them in a long time since, you know, it's a summer camp.
3: So right. I your phone. <laughs> and, um, Reunited.
2: Yeah. Yes. They're they're all so lovely. Um, I got a bunch of pins. I love pins. <laughs> um, I got to speak with the Planned Parenthood people, which is really fun. That and is cool. yeah. And they got like Milky Ways here. <laughs> you know how awesome Milky Ways are.
3: They gotta lure you in <laughs> with candy, right? That's how they do it. Um so Camp Quest, you mentioned um the, the the reason why we're here talking, right? Camp. Yeah. Quest. So tell us about Camp Quest for any of my listeners who don't already know about yeah, it. Yeah.
2: Okay. So Camp Quest is this um, um is this secular, um inclusive camp and in, um, um all around the country. I go to the one in Clarksville, Ohio. Um, it's just it's just a really welcoming camp for kids who who get, kids who um would get um get shamed at Christian camps, which are a lot of a lot which are what are most what most camps are. Right. With Christian camps and stuff. I went
3: to them growing up. Yeah,
2: I have friends who go there.
3: <laughs> Our God is an awesome God. We had yes. to sing it before every meal.
2: <laughs> yeah, even at like a YMCA camp, I had to, we always did the, we always did, you know, we sing Johnny Appleseed after dinner. Woo-hoo. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, i just, it's just a welcoming place. I, it's, it's my second home. It's, I, I feel really safe there. And I all my favorite people are there.
3: That is amazing. Yes. I think a lot of um, a lot of atheist parents these days probably d- don't even realize that there is a place like that mm-hmm. that they can send their kids. You know, um, oh, because a, yeah, a lot of parents when they grew up they went to the Camp Kimballs and th- which is where I went. Yeah. Um, and so they're like, they probably don't realize that there's something like this out there. So I'm so glad to meet you. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us about the camp. Like, what kind of stuff do you do there?
2: Um, well, we got we got we got a bunch of team games. There's um there's there's a pool. We got um <laughs> everyone um, all the cabins were um um mixed together the um the last year so everyone all genders were allowed in every cabin which actually was actually really um a really a real big step up from what we had a couple of years ago when uh lgbt kids were Pushed um Um, pushed into one cabin, like non. Um, like not non, non- gender specific kids were pushed into a cabin because it was boys and girls. And sure. The L G B T cabin. Right. So they made the mix those off this year. Um. Uh. We've got we got camp. We got games. We got campfires. Then we got songs. Everything you would find in another camp, just without the God.
3: Right. Yeah. Right. What, a- <laughs> what ages? Um. I don't mean to put um, you on the spot. No,
2: you're totally fine. Uh. Um. Seven. It's uh. It's uh. Eighth. Eight-year-old, eight, eight to 17, is uh, camp um, campers and CITs. I think once you're C- um, 16, you can be a CIT. And then upwards is counselors. Counselor and
3: training? Yeah. I was able to put that one together. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, So, and you guys have locations not just in o- You said you oh went yeah. to the Ohio one, right? But you yeah. guys are like all across the oh country. Oh, yeah, there's
2: one in the Smoky Mountains, Houston, Dallas, all over. <laughs>
3: That's wonderful. Yeah. Um, what's the, I'm assuming, is it just campquest.com or what's your I guys' website? I think
2: it is. I'm pretty sure.
3: And it's spelled, <laughs> is, it, is it with a Q?
2: yes.
3: <laughs> okay. Um, I'll put it in the show notes for anyone who's, who's wants to check it out. Cause I'm, I'm hoping I'm dare I say praying that anyone listening to the, to the show, um, Gets interested, and and I, and I tell you yeah. what, if you're listening to the show somewhere where you don't see that there's a camp quest around you, reach out to them because I know I've been talking with their director since I've been here. There are areas where there is no camp quest, and they they will they want to come to you. You know, we, yeah. we want to make this accessible to everybody um, because kids being raised in a non-religious sense is becoming a lot more. I don't know about popular, but it's becoming a lot more acceptable. Um, and I boy, I wish that there was something like this when I was a kid growing oh, up. Oh, definitely. So,
2: I mean, what what would you um, how would you um? What experience did you have at a Christian camp when you were when you were not Christian?
3: I mean, I can't look back on it and demonize it, right? Like, in fairness, and I try to be very fair about this on my show, mm-hmm. um, that it's not like everything that happens at church or church-related functions is bad. You know, the, for the most part, it's just generic morality, right? Yeah. You know, be good to people, be kind, don't steal, don't don't hit people. So, you know, when I was at those camps, we still had a lot of those same experiences, swimming and hiking yeah, and all I that mean, kind it's of a camp. stuff. But it's kind of like, can't we just do that stuff and not pray afterwards? Like, I'm not, you know, I'd rather. <laughs> Just keep swimming for five extra minutes. Uh, uh-huh. So it was fun, you know, and everyone there was nice. I have very fond memories of it. Um, but it's just all of it's like being at church. Right. And it's like when you're a kid, you don't want to be at church. No that's one like, to that's church. like doing your homework and taking your medicine and all the other things that kids don't like to do. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, I I enjoyed it, but I wish that I could have had those same experiences without kind of thinking back on it, like ugh, you know, like yeah, I wish I wasn't doing all that churchy stuff at the same time, because I think even from a very young age, I I knew it wasn't for me. Um, mm-hmm. And you're 14, and you already seem very. Yeah. You said you were raised non-religiously. Yeah,
2: my uh, my parents were both fell out of religion like before they got married, or so. Um, like when they were when they were growing up, just because. The constant like strain of church. I know my mom fell out of religion because uh, just because she her dad was a um, was a was one of the priests there, and he did um, he was very involved in the church, and sure. uh, so she was she's got she got so tired of it, just all of the church things. And then my dad explains it as when he fell fell out of religion as just like a sudden loss of faith, like just waking up and like. Not having a party yourself, with really
3: you. it was that it yeah. was that abrupt,
2: yeah, he talks about it. I did an essay on it for my class once. He talks about it, and he he's like it's like it's it's like you w- waking up and you, you like this you have this telephone, this telephone to like the per- to God to person you like, and you pick up that telephone one day and realize the wire is cut, and mm-hmm. you don't you don't know why it's just gone um so yeah i was I was raised with two fight uh, on um, two people who were very apart from religion when they when they had when they had me so yeah i mean like it's 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 strange growing up in a secular family sometimes when everyone around you isn't but sure. i'm actually really glad i i grew up in a family without religion absolutely cause i don't like church and <laughs> you're here at this game i
3: mean like you're, you were you were like rubber meeting the road like you're out here like fighting the good fight and you know participating in conventions like this that's oh, wonderful yeah,
2: yeah. I um, I I try I try to do a lot I I try to I try to push for what I what I what I um, what I believe in I run the I run the GT um, GTSA or the Gay Strain, Transgender Club at um Alliance at our school at my school we just finished up our Day of Silence which that was that was hard That's fantastic <laughs> it was it was much a lot to organize but it was it was it's a really good experience
3: yeah do you have any questions for me
2: Oh, huh? okay <laughs> um what do you um um, what do you, what do you, um, do you want to see more camps like Camp Quest come up?
3: Oh, absolutely. And I, and I think I was, I was talking with some of, um, some of the folks here from Camp Quest that I was telling them, like, I absolutely intend to send my kids there when they're old enough. Yeah. Um, when we, when I first started this show, I started a Twitter cause you know, you got, gots to have the Twitter. Uh, <laughs> and I was trying to think of people to follow and like, I'd follow one person and then it would suggest another and it would suggest another. And I came upon Camp Quest and I was like, <laughs> what's this? Um, And I started reading about it. And I, I I mean, I was like a kid on Christmas. I was like, Oh my gosh. I was talking to my wife. I was like, look at this thing I found. And like, I I followed you guys. And I was so excited about, I was like, there's one in Michigan. Um, I grew up in Michigan. So, but I also noticed there's a lot of places where there, there isn't one, you Mm -hmm. know, and that's, that's unfortunate because I'm sure, you know, a lot of people would, would want to come, but travel can be prohibitive and things like that. I know, I
2: know, I know people who come from like, across the country to come to some of these camps just because because there isn't one where they live right which sucks but like which sucks because everyone should have an opportunity to go to a camp like this honestly it's such a great experience um um one of the best i think one of my favorite things that our camp does um is we do um these um every night we do like this atheist free thinkers little card we have these little cards with um with uh free thinkers on them we go over them at um at, um after dinner, and we talk about them. We talk about their achievements and how they played into the world. And I think that's important for kids. I really do. I think camps like that, who, who talk about things like that, are important because you don't learn about a lot of stuff like that. Just like in like a Christian camp, you're not learning about you're not learning about the um you know Adam Savage uh, <laughs> and right. his non-religiousness at Christian camp or right. something. Right.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, and it, it's it's kind of a it's a really good point that you bring up because. Uh, I've always kind of been of the mind I think most atheists would agree that we're all born atheists right oh, yeah really the religion is the weird thing because that has to be taught to us oh yeah know? religion all, is always taught It's yeah. through your
2: parents it's where you, where you get it
3: that's yeah. where you
2: get it it's like it's like with beliefs and um ideologies and you're not just you don't you're not born like racist you're you're you are taught by the people around you and the people who gave birth to you. To right be racist.
3: <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I kinda resent when people will say, like, well you're an atheist, so you don't believe in anything and I'm like, No dude, I believe in lots of things. <laughs> like you have to be taught those things. Yeah. You know, my parents were lovely people. They are lovely people. Um, <laughs> they're both they're both Christians, but like, you know, you can't just expect to just be born good like you have to be taught goodness and you have to be taught religion and they don't have to be mutually exclusive right so Camp Quest is a kind of place where you can go and kind of get some of those great moral lessons and those great social experiences as a child when they're so crucial right when Mm -hmm, you're growing definitely you're still
2: learning about everything I'm so
3: impressed by you I can't even stand it you're just you're you're too legit
2: (laughs) Thank you. So are you. Like, oh, t-
3: t- Preach. You good. Go ahead and good. brush some dirt off my shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> you have any other questions for me? Uh,
2: let's see. Why did Why did you start your podcast?
3: Oh gosh. Well, I, I certainly have no trouble talking. Uh, that's kind of <laughs> something that I enjoy doing. I, <laughs> I And I love I love having conversations with people, particularly believers. You know, but I, sometimes I'll kind of I'll have a conversation with someone and I'll think, man, that was a really good talk. I wish I could share it with other people. But I don't just carry around a microphone with me all the time. No, so, I d- um, you know, <laughs> I, I like to say everybody in their dead cat has a podcast these days. And I actually have another podcast that I had already been doing yeah. about a really yeah. nerdy series of books that I like.
2: Oh, nice. Yeah. Right?
3: So um, so I thought, well, you know, why don't I start a, a show about atheism? You know, I'm in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indiana's a very, very, very red state. Yep. So, like, these are the <laughs> places where we have to be, you know, I know that everybody's got podcasts these days, but... Um, The more the better, right? Because the more there are, the better the chances that somebody who hadn't otherwise been exposed to an atheistic point of view. I just kind of want to be the casual atheist. That's that's Mm -hmm. the, the jive of my show is that there are a lot of academic atheist shows. There are a lot of shows where they get really into, like, the theology and, you know, Dawkins and Hitchens and all those things. (laughs) Um, But I just kind of like to keep it more laid back, and I want to talk to the casual atheist, the closeted atheist, which is, I Mm -hmm. think, an audience that is not directly spoken to often enough. Oh, yeah, definitely. So I love to have people like you on my show where people can just hear everyday folks, you know. And I think you're my first, first, I guess, child interview. I don't mean that patronizingly, (laughs) but... You know, I like to just have people talk to me about, like, well, why are you an atheist? When did you realize you're an atheist? Mm -hmm. And share those stories. Um, And I'm really glad that I get to help share yours. Yeah,
2: thank you so much. I'm really honored to be here, honestly. This is really cool. (laughs) It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you.
3: All right, thanks a lot.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: Okay, so if you just listened to that... And you have kids, and you don't intend to send them to Camp Quest, then I don't know what is wrong with you, because Camp Quest is—they're like my—they're like my favorite thing ever. So I—I only—the only thing that makes me angry is that I can't like you know hurry up and make my kids old enough to, to to go there yet. But believe me, when they are ready to go, they are going, and I don't care if I have to drive them. You know, however far I have to drive them to find um, a location for them, that that's going to happen. I'm so excited, and uh, thanks again to Abigail. Thanks again to Kim um, for all of her assistance with the interview and with just taking the time to talk with me about everything. Um, I'm just I'm, Camp Quest is something that I'm very passionate about. I think that you know, not only normalizing atheism among the adults, you know, in our lives is important, but it's so important to help provide support and encouragement to our young people, to our children, to our kids you know, who are, you know, being raised in an environment at home where they're being taught that it's okay to not believe, it's okay to question your beliefs. It's okay to believe if that's the choice that you make, but that, you know, that they have something like Camp Quest, where they can go and be around other kids who share those same philosophies, and still just have fun. You know, like I—I I think I might have mentioned. You know, I went to summer camp growing up, and it was fun. It was fine. It was fun. It was a lovely experience. I have fond memories of it. But it all kind of came with that caveat that, like, you have to be—you know—you have to be a Christian, basically. And. If you know, and if you're not, that could be a very alienating feeling to go to someplace like a summer, and that, you know, and let me be clear. Back then, I was too young to really have any kind of issue with it. I, I didn't. Um, but when I look back on it, I'm obviously a non-believer now, um, and it makes me think, man, I you know, I wish that there was something like that when I was a kid. So Camp Quest, phenomenal organization. If you don't already, follow them on Twitter. Um, if you have kids and are check are interested in sending them there, I'll make sure that the website is in the show notes. Um, and please support organizations like this. You know, I, I believe, I'm pretty sure they're a nonprofit. I'm not sure about that. I'll have to double check myself before I commit to that. But I, I believe they are. Um, you know, and organizations like that, I mean, literally, it's called not profit because they're not trying to make money. They're just trying to, to do good. They're trying to be helpful And provide a resource for families who are raising kids in a secular way um, but who want to still do fun crap like you know swim in lakes and do archery and I don't know whatever all that fun stuff that you do at summer camp but minus all of the you know the praying and the the, all that other stuff which which is fine if that's your thing that's fine and there are plenty of summer camp options for for kids like that too and that's kind of the point is if that's your belief then go to a summer camp like that but if you're a non-believer there's a place for you too um, and as you heard Abigail very eloquently explain, you know, it's become something that was a very integral part of her childhood. You know, it's it's she's going to have these memories forever. I'm sure she's made friends who she will have forever. You know, the internet makes it very easy to stay in touch. Like, I, I made friends when I was at summer camp, and I, don't, I never talked to any of those kids again. You know, like, you swear, and you promise, and you hug one another at the end of camp. And, like, you say you're going to keep in touch. Uh, but, like, when I was a kid, there was no internet. So, like, you couldn't really do that, you know. These types of camps are the type of opportunities for young atheist children to make and form these bonds and these friendships and relationships that could last a lifetime, you know, and they can do it all with kids who share their same philosophies and worldviews, which I think is outstanding. So Camp Quest, I'll make sure that all the information is in the show notes. All right, moving on, we've got our final interview of the day, our final interview of the convention with uh, Jen Scott, treasurer of American Atheists, which is, you know, um, I guess like the, the, the parent organization of our parent organization. You've got There Is No God Cast, you know, which is the official podcast of Northern Indiana Atheists. Northern Indiana Atheists is an affiliate of American atheists at the national level. Um, Jen Scott's a board member, so I'm sure she's obviously very, very integrally involved with what they do. Uh, she she's doing great work in that sense, but she also is a member of uh, the Community of Reason, which are, which is a relatively new, I think maybe even a little bit newer than NIA, uh, or maybe comparable in that respect. Uh, th- yeah, so listen to what she has to say about Community of Reason. Um, I I love what they're doing too. Community of Reason is is kind of about, uh, I guess, sort of creating that sense of social community that a lot of people get from church and that a lot of people, if we're being honest, probably don't, um, stop going to church, even if they don't really believe a lot of the supernatural, you know, hocus pocus of, of Christianity, they just keep going because it's where all their friends are. It's where they're, it's where they get their sense of belonging and community and community of reason, um, in addition to being a service-oriented organization, you know, where, where volunteer work and things like that is concerned, they are also aiming to kind of um, be a, an avenue for that, for people to kind of invest in that that sense of community and that sense of belonging without having to, I guess, kind of pretend, for lack of a better word, that they buy into all of the supernatural elements that most organized religions sort of require you to um, ascribe to, to ostensibly be a member so listen to what jen scott's got to say community of reason once again i'll make sure everything is in the show notes for you guys um if you have any interest in finding out more or supporting these wonderful organizations all that information will be available to you let's head over to my interview with jen scott hey guys we're back um joining me right now is jen scott the treasurer of american atheists am i getting that right yes that's correct Welcome. thanks for thanks for coming down Um, And now you're also involved with, uh, is it Community of Reason? Yes, that's the local group I'm one of the organizers for here in Cincinnati.
1: Tell me a a little bit about that. Uh, Well, we formed this year. uh, We wanted to provide um, a community for the secular people in the area. So it's Community of Reason, Atheists and Humanists of Ohio and Kentucky. Mm -hmm. So we cover both states. um, And we just want to provide a network of support to connect people that um, don't believe in God and have left religion. We also wanna be able to provide opportunities to um, get education about the issues that are affecting the world, whether it's separation of religion and government, um, LGBTQ issues, um, women's uh, reproductive health, all of the issues that are facing us today to educate our members on what's going on Mm -hmm. and how they can get involved and take action to make everything better.
3: Sure, now when you say a network of support, what does that look like in a practical way? Like, Give me some examples.
1: Um, We do about 20 events a month um, 20 a month? Um, yes. Yeah, uh, Yeah. Yeah. we have 10 organizers, so it, the work's spread out amongst us. We do um, social events. We have dinners um, once or twice a month where people can just come meet fellow atheists or humanists um, and just get connected with the community and realize that they're not alone. Sure. Because um, a lot of people in this area are afraid to say that they don't believe. Sure. Um, you go into your work, um, you know, one of the clients I worked with in the area They would do a blessing, you know, at a birthday party. And you're looking around going, okay, am I the only one here? Right. And a lot of people think they're the only one here. So by providing the dinners and we do movie nights, um, it connects people. Um, So those are some of the events we do. We also, since we're a new group, we're also doing planning meetings once a month to get feedback from the community on what they need and what they want. A lot of people don't leave uh, the church when they stop believing because they have the social support. Right. They enjoy meeting and interacting with people and developing those friendships. And it's also a support network for in times of need. If you need um, a, somebody to take you to the doctor or, you know, you have surgery and you need some help, a lot of people rely on the church-based
3: community for that. So when they come to the secular world, they're looking for that. Right. So you guys are you guys are almost kind of like a Nicorette patch, right? Like if, <laughs> if religion was smoking and, like, all the bad stuff is the smoke, but, like, you still need that caffeine a little bit, you know, yeah. and that, that community... Um, and that's actually a lot of what we've, we've talked about that on this show before that I I agree with you. I think a lot of people are terrified, even if they're absolutely certain that they don't believe in it anymore. They're like, well, these are my friends. Like, this is where I go Sunday mornings. This is my socialization. This is my Mm -hmm. community. Um, so what you're saying is that community of reason basically provides a substitute for that, that, um, that socialization and that sense of community and belonging, but in a secular way. Right. That's wonderful.
1: Right. And, And we also, one of the things that separates us from religion is that, um, at the Community of Reason, we don't force all of our, our um, issues on you.
3: Mm-hmm. If you
1: agree with us on helping um, uh, helping families experiencing homelessness, sure. but you're not necessarily comfortable supporting, you know, being at a protest or a rally, you don't have to be. Sure. Whereas, you know, in religious institutions, you have to be 100% or appear 100% behind what they're saying. Right. Um, we... We approach it in a more comprehensive way. If you agree with us on
3: most of the issues, then do that with us. If you don't agree with some of the issues, then don't. Sure. Yeah, because people are going to definitely come to you at different points in their mm-hmm. in their journey, and even even regardless of what point they're at in their journey, they may just have differing opinions. And that you're saying it's ve- it's very okay to come to community of reason with uh, without being a hundred percent in agreement on everything, right? Because that's kind of unrealistic, right? It is. Yeah, and I think even most religious denominations sort of understand that. That's why there's so damn many of them, right? Because right. they don't all agree with you know with everything either. Um, well, awesome. I kind of wanted to focus a little bit more on community of reason because um, we talked just prior to coming on the air about how I said, you know, a lot of the people who are listening to my show might not necessarily have heard of a lot of these types of um, organizations. Now you are involved pretty heavily with American atheists, yes. but they're, they're pretty big, right? Yes. I mean, at, at this point, most people I think have probably at least heard of American atheists. Um, so tell me a little bit about your role with them as well. Uh, American atheists is a national organization. Uh, it's been around
1: for decades. Right. And, um, our mission is the absolute separation of religion and government as well as normalizing atheism. Um, And one of the things we've been doing the last couple years to improve that is to really provide resources to local groups Um, at the national level. um, In the current political environment, it's difficult to make change at state level, depending on your state. There's also challenges there. But locally, um, supporting the local groups and our volunteer uh, assistant and state directors is where we're putting a lot of our resources to help connect atheists in their local community and, again, realize they're not alone. Right. And it's so important to build that um, and to get more atheists and humanists active in the area and uh, visible so that uh, even more people get connected and that we start getting uh, atheists in school boards um, on county boards um so that we're represented. Right, because that's
3: important. Like not, you know, like, not every change has to come at the federal Supreme Court level, right? Like, those right. decisions are, are historic, but, like, we need to be fighting things at the more local level as well. Like you said, school boards and things like that and getting on, you know, um, city councils and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, now, Dan, Daniel Dick, uh, my, my wonderful colleague, we were talking just before I brought you down here um, and he was kind of singing your praises, right? Because <laughs> uh, American Atheist is sort of the national presence, but you guys also have a lot of local affiliates, um, mm-hmm. one of which is Northern, in- the award-winning uh, Northern Indiana Atheist. For those of you who may not have heard, um, Northern Indiana Atheist was just named the Affiliate of the Year, so we're yes. really proud of that. Um, but Dan was just going on and on talking about how helpful you were um, in kind of the process of becoming an affiliate and like how would you how, how what would you say to somebody out there who was thinking there's not something like American Atheists in my area what would you say to them if they were looking to start something like that uh definitely get in touch with us we have
1: um a great system of volunteers. So we have state directors in a lot of states, um, and we have regional directors. I was a regional director of the Midwest um, for the past year and a half, which is how I met Troy. Right. Um, and and was able to help provide resources and advice to Northern Indiana atheists. Um, get in touch with us. We will help you um, get started, or if you already have a local group and want to get more active or learn what the possibilities are in doing activism, we'll work with you. We'll um, Help you support what's important in your community. What we're facing here in the Midwest
3: is completely what, completely different than what people are facing in on the East Coast or the West Coast. Sure. It's funny you say that, just before I think I came over, um, we were talking to a young lady who was from the Colorado area, and she kind of made that observation. She's like, yeah, it's a much different fight that you guys are fighting in Indiana than what we deal with in Colorado, mm-hmm. um, so that's definitely true. That, um, and so you're saying you guys are able to kind of tailor your support to the, lo- to lo- to the local level. Right. Um, now, if there are groups out there that are kind of already established, but are just kind of nebulously operating, um, so would they just contact you guys to see about actually becoming a part of American Atheists? Yes, there's uh, information
1: on the website about becoming an affiliate, okay. um, and the, it's not a formal contract. A lot of people think that, oh, if I'm an affiliate, then, you know, the national owners like
3: overlords. Like, yeah,
1: <laughs> it's not like that at all. It just uh, um, gives you access to more resources sure. to the, um, the volunteer directors as well as the staff. Sure. Um, and access to we've developed several toolkits over the last couple of years to help on specific issues if you want to do government invocations if your local um, city council allows prayer um, before um, they meet sure. and it's only Christians that are doing it um, you know Greece versus Galloway gave equal access right. so as an atheist or humanist you can go in and speak um, and if they're not letting you do that we have a toolkit to step it provides information on how to um
3: make that happen sure and taking reasonable advantage of that equal access is, is a great way to make those points because i think right. uh, you've probably tended to find that when uh, secularists say well i'd like to i'd like to give an invocation too they don't tend to like that very much and right. it kind of maybe helps them see well this is how we feel when we have to sit through your you know mm-hmm. prayers and things like that um, yeah
1: yeah that, and i found locally that um because we've had such a large presence in this area we're now being asked to give those invocations at interfaith because the oh. religious. R- leaders know that as the atheists we're going to include everybody right and going to going to include humanist values which is usually what's bringing us together for whatever the interfaith is sure um and we're not going to be excluded
3: we're not going to exclude anyone sure so you mentioned the website i'm assuming that's just americanatheist.com it's atheist.org.org okay so i want to <laughs> i, I may even have to cut that out so i don't confuse <laughs> anyone who's only half paying attention it's americanatheist.org and i'm sure i'll put that in the show notes you can find that i'm sure on northern indiana atheist website as well yeah. I'm, I'm sure we're linked to you guys in some way um do you have a, an email address or something that someone could reach out to you specifically sure. if they had questions yeah it's Jen Scott at atheist.org wonderful um, Dan was just saying, he was telling me all these stories and he said like every time they ran into a problem, he said, I'll ask Jen. And, you know, they were always able to get the help that they needed. So we appreciate, we at Northern Indiana Atheists certainly appreciate all of your help and guidance and support. And thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you. So there you go. That's, that's it. That's, that's, uh, that's going to be a wrap. On the 2019 National Convention from Cincinnati. Thanks again to Jen Scott for taking the time to talk to me. Um, obviously, at the American Atheists National Convention, a board member of American Atheists was quite busy, and I believe me, because I I think I did that interview the last day that I was at the conference, um, and I saw her around plenty. We we you know we chatted in passing plenty. Um, and she was always moving because I'm sure she just always had so much to do. So believe me, the the fact that she was willing to take um, even 10 minutes to sit down with me and just kind of chat for a minute, uh, it is so appreciated because I'm sure that she, even as she was sitting talking to me, was was probably thinking about any one of the dozen other things that she had um, to work on during that conference. So I'm, I'm sure it was bonkers for her. So I'm I'm so grateful that she took the time to talk with me. And thanks again to Jen. I hope you're listening. Uh, I reached out to, to Add her on Facebook just the other day because I was kind of listening to my interview with her and I was like, man, she was such a nice lady. Like even before the interview, we had we had chatted and we had inter- you know been introduced to one another, and she was just such a wonderful woman. Thanks again to her for all of the work she does at both a national and a local level uh, for the work she does with American Atheists and the Community of Reason. So please, if you're so inclined, reach out and um, find out more about COR you know, support organizations like that. Like, like, look, let me, let me go off on a tangent. I I know that we've got a lot of these organizations that I tend to plug on, on this show. And that I'm constantly saying, please support, please support, please support. And like, let's call a spade a spade. What I'm talking about is either getting involved by donating your time, um, and your energy or by getting out your checkbook, right? By taking out your PayPal and, um, you know, and throwing a you know, few dollars their way because these organizations don't run on wishes and dreams. They don't run on thoughts and prayers. These organizations run um, on on money, on money and on the time and effort of the, the human beings who volunteer to make these organizations a reality. You've got people like Jen Scott. You've got people like Mandisa Thomas that they are literally getting off their butts um, and going out. Phil Session is another great example. You know, these people are actually going out and they're, they're actually putting their time and their energy into making these organizations a reality, and I know that there are a million of them, that's a great problem to have, okay? Because 20 years ago, 30, 50, 100 years ago, there was not such a thing as an atheist organization, right? Like, there was no resources, there were no communities for people who... Realized that you know that there there isn't really a god, or that if there is a god, there's not enough evidence for any of us to believe in any one specifically. Um, so yeah, like yes, I, I'm asking this a lot, and I'm sure that a lot of people who are listening, it, that part of it might just go in one ear and out the other. I'll be honest, when I'm listening to podcasts and they, they go into their spiel about um, supporting or you know donating or whatever, sometimes I kind of check out because I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. It's you know great to have a free podcast to listen to, but otherwise, I'm I'm good, dog. Uh, I know, so like I get it. And if you're listening to me right now and you're having that response, there's no judgment here. Um, But, you know, all of these organizations are doing good work. If if I didn't think so, I wouldn't talk about them on the show, and I wouldn't be asking you to support them. So I, I hope you'll consider it. Uh, I hope that what I'm saying right now makes even the tiniest bit of impact on the chances of you doing so. You know, Northern Indiana Atheist, I'm obviously kind of, that's that's my primary objective is to create awareness and support for NIA and for this podcast. You know, th- this is me. Like, this is, this is my part. This is what I do. Uh, and again, to be sort of beyond transparent and meta self-analytical about it, yeah, like, there's an element that I enjoy about this. I obviously do. You know, I enjoy doing this. It's it's something that I think plays well into my skill set in terms of my ability to to talk and to communicate. But th- like this is it. This is what I do, and it, it is a lot of work. I, I promise. This is not just something that I can sit down and like just kind of snap my fingers and have an episode with within five or ten minutes. I mean, it takes hours and hours and hours. And uh, yeah, this this is what I do. You know, that's what Jen Scott does. That's what Mandisa Thomas does. That's what Phil Session does. That's what Camp Quest does. We all kind of have our role to play. Um, and things are getting better. They're getting better every single day for atheists across the country and hopefully across the world. You know that it's that people are starting to recognize and understand um that being an atheist and being a good person, um, you know are not mutually exclusive. And that's that's what organizations like this are trying to promote that idea, and they're kind of giving non-believers um, an avenue and an outlet to participate in, you know, service work and community and support and all of those things. Uh, but they don't—they don't happen by accident, and they don't happen for free. So, if you're interested in any of these organizations, please do check out the show notes. Um, you know, if not, that's fine. At least you're listening to this, and that's—that's that's better than nothing. At least you're hearing what we have to say, um, and hopefully, even just getting that—you know—information into your brain is going to have some impact on you moving forward. If you are struggling with doubts of of your beliefs, um, or if you've already made up your mind that you're not a believer and just really enjoy the company. You know, of, of, of fellow like-minded individuals, um, or even if you're a believer, and just this is something that you can listen to, to maybe understand a little bit better our perspective. And when I say our, I, I don't speak for all non-believers, but I'd like to think that a lot of what I'm saying is relatable amongst most of most of us, you know, ag- agnostics and atheists. So yeah, everybody, thanks again for listening. I think that's that's about all I've got for you today. I appreciate you indulging my tangents, especially here at the end. Um, next show, we're going to be a little bit more back to normal in terms of uh, having people on, just have some good free-flowing conversations um, rather than being quite so strictly interview-oriented. I enjoy the interviews. I, I love picking people's brains. Um, I love being interviewed. I, for that matter, I've made contacts through the convention where I've had a couple offers for me to come on other people's shows, um, and I have every intention of, of taking those, those, um, those offers up. So hopefully I'll have some information for you on, on some of those segments and tell you where you can find them in the coming weeks. Uh, but other than that, I will see you guys two weeks from today. And do not forget, in the meantime, uh, check out Northern Indiana Atheists, uh, rate and review the show. You know the drill, guys. It'll all be in the show notes. We still have merch. I had a couple couple other people buy some shirts between last episode and this episode, so that's pretty fun. Um, you can go there anytime. That link will be in the show notes as well. Do I have anything else for you? Yeah, rate and review the show, all that stuff. And um, otherwise, we will see you back here in two weeks. In the meantime, don't stop not believing. We'll talk to you later.